and welcome to the Pickup WNBA podcast. I'm your host, Catherine Niker. And I'm your other host, Freddie Rivas. What's up? And this is episode 31. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. We have made it to the end of the WNBA uh, playoffs. We have a champion. Um, yeah, we're heading into the offseason. Congrats to the Aces. They pulled it out in uh, four games, kind of as we predicted. Not that I want to take like too much credit for it. I would say uh, as you predicted, I think I, I was definitely on the side of like a either a five game series or, you know, I even said that I saw some talk about, you know, no one between Seattle and Connecticut, like really, uh, uh, or sorry, uh, Chicago and Connecticut standing a chance. And I was, I was like, no, no, Connecticut stands a chance. And obviously game three was big, but yeah, they were, you know, the aces were the best team and they, they won it. Yeah, they did. And they did give us that one extra game, which was very nice Mm -hmm. Um, on the Suns part. They gave us that one extra game. And then game four was absolutely thrilling and competitive throughout the whole thing. Totally. Uh, And, you know, I think we were planning on talking about the Aces, of course, but I will give some credit to the Sun. You know, they were uh, uh, they left the playoffs pretty early last year after an incredible season. They did pace themselves pretty well in the playoffs. They made it to the WNBA finals. Uh, I think they did well, uh, but they were, you know, not the better team and they were outmatched for sure. Um. I was especially impressed at the end there with the uh, Raquana Williams just going off out of nowhere uh, in the last, uh, especially in the fourth quarter of that game. I was like, who is this? Cause we talked a lot about that big three mm-hmm. scoring 90% of this team's points. And it's like, am I going to watch a team win a championship? where three players score 90% of the points. And then they had some other role players really step up in that last game. And I felt like that was exactly what they needed. Yeah. 22 minutes, six for 11 from the field, five for nine from three for 17 points. She was the second uh, time, like second leading scorer after Chelsea gray. Uh, that's just, that's wild. That's, um, you know, if your role player is going to go off like that, you're going to win the game probably. That's how you get into like that Robert Ori legendary status kind of mm-hmm. player, right? Like, you know, it's the Robert Ori Hall of Fame where it's just like you're a role player, but you just were so clutch when it mattered most. Yeah, definitely. And I think if you're the, if you're the home team, the winning team, those are the players you know, when, when people are discussing this Aces championship uh, down the line, obviously the major names will come up. But I think if you're a hardcore Las Vegas fan, you'll be like, yeah, but do you remember Williams in game four? Yeah. You know, it's that type of shit. Like, so yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Shout out to her. That was, that was incredible. Um, Totally agree. And then uh, it was also great to see Chelsea Gray win uh, the finals MVP. Yeah, well-deserved. Very well-deserved. I mean, we've been talking about her all playoffs long. Mm -hmm. And then they even like Holly Rowe, shout out to Holly Rowe, was just like, you weren't voted into the All-Star game. And now you're the MVP of the finals. 
how does it feel? You know, like it was very that kind. Yeah, of, I love that direct, kind of yeah. Like, not a direct quote, but it was very that kind of a sentiment. It was like wow, like just getting in there in the moment and being like, remember when people doubted you? Let's you reflect on that right now. You know, like that is sports journalism right there. <laughs> I love that. Like that's definitely a thing where they're like, you know, I, I feel bad when it's to the loser. Like that's when it oh, hurts. Yeah. Remember when people doubted you and now you've lost. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or like, or like, you know, uh, you know, wanting Tarasi to come talk, uh, you know, when, when she lost the WNBA finals and be like, Hey, so did you, or did you not kick in a door? Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I think that kind of stuff like hurts. Oh, and but then, yeah. She's like, there's a lot of doors. There's a lot of doors. Um, I'll never forget that. But when it's like a, when you set up the person to be like, I told you so it's a, it's a good time. Yeah. And then uh, I, I actually watched a bit of the uh, post game presser on, on YouTube after the game. I really love doing that, especially in the finals uh, mm-hmm. scenario. And uh, Asia Wilson was so drunk. Like, it's actually really funny. Like, I I think, like, there's got to be a video maybe of it up somewhere still. She was so drunk at one point. I was like, is is she even aware she's on camera right now? Like, she was almost, like, picking her notes. (laughs) She was like, you know, like, like when somebody just, like, goes in there and they kind of hover and then did, like, a little, like, dust on the shirt. But then she said she was like four bottles deep already, like into their champagne. And I'm like, is she, does she even know right now? And then at one point, like she started getting more serious about the questions, but then she had like a massive burp. Oh my God. That's amazing. <laughs> like right into the bike. I was dying. I was so entertained. Um, That's a, uh... Yeah, like I, I love when someone's drunk and then they find themselves in a, like uh, a situation where they got to be kind of like a bit like more accountable than they realize. And yeah. you know, speaking of um uh, of Asia, her intro at the parade mm-hmm. is I tweeted out. It's one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Like the smoke goes off. They're like defensive player of the year and two time MVP. And like she starts to shake this gold bottle of champagne at like the perfect time. And she's like holding up for MVP trophy and shaking the champagne and it's just going everywhere. I was like, this looks like a like a video game celebration because it's Mm. so perfectly coordinated. I think this Vegas parade is one of the best parades I've seen. Like it's so good. It's definitely way better than the Warriors uh, NBA parade this past summer. That was so deeply mediocre. I don't know if you saw any of that. It was like nothing. It was nothing. Uh, I didn't see that much. Like the main thing I saw at the Golden State Warriors is when Clay Thompson was running across the street and accidentally like checked someone who wasn't paying attention and they went flying and then he immediately picked them up and everyone was like, shit, that was crazy. But no, the, uh, the this was like, there's so many different highlights from this parade. Um, I'll let you go in a second, but the one I have to just like jump on because, you know, again, 
yeah, we've we've referenced the NBA a couple times already. We're we're big NBA fans, um, and you know I'd say newer WNBA fans, and this league just absolutely does not stop surprising me. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you know, Dierica Hamby coming out and saying that she was pregnant during the finals is like, obviously I'm a dude, but like it's just. That like a gong went in my head, like just that yeah. that that sound where I'm like, I can't even I can't even quite compute this. I saw um, um, a post on Facebook that somebody said like um, that she revealed the gender as a boy, so she's several months pregnant, which means she's been pregnant for a majority of the season and all of the play. Oh, I mean, she was injured for a bit there. So, I mean, think about that. It's like you're pregnant, you're playing, then you have an, you know, a completely unrelated injury. Now you're healing from the injury and trying to get back while pregnant. And then you come back in the finals and do great. That's very iconic stuff. It's, it's iconic. And the, like the reveal is iconic too. Like, so yes. the way she was like, uh, uh, where, where I had it, I just had it here. Um, yeah, Hamby gave a, a speech at the championship parade, and following that, the announcer referred to her as Amaya's mom, referring to Hamby's daughter. So Hamby found this to be the perfect time to make her big announcement. Uh, quotes, it's no longer Amaya's mom, she said. It's Amaya and Legend's mom. So, you know, she knows it's a boy, already named it. Like, you know, yeah, this isn't like a new thing. Like, so that's yeah. that's a, a, just a huge reveal. And yeah, you can't I compare didn't get it in the clip that I watched. I didn't realize that she's naming her son legend, which why, oh, makes sense. So funny. Yeah. I didn't realize that when I watched the clip, uh, I, there's one uh, going around on Instagram right now. Oh my God. That's so cool. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if any, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know if there's any NBA parade that could top that kind of shit. Like that's just out of control. And also, you know, shout out to Las Vegas. It's the first, you know, uh, many leagues, the NHL, the NBA, uh, the NFL now first major sports league, first major sport. Yeah. Championship. So, you know, that's, that's huge for that city. Like that's, that's a, uh, you know, it's in the history books. Yeah. And it looks spectacular. It looked absolutely spectacular. Yeah, they, um, they they threw a good party for sure. They threw a good party. Uh, also, during that post-game presser, Asia was like, like basically telling people, like, you got to come out to the party. You got to come out to the party. It's like telling everybody, Tuesday, 5 o'clock, you're coming to the party, which was also very fun. Yeah, it was cool. Um, I feel like I want to bring up because, uh, well, you know, I sent the article. Uh, it's a long article. It's an interesting one about um, Becky Hammond. You know, there's a, a lot of different stories here with this Aces team. And, you know, I think before we go on to, to Becky, uh, I'm just curious, like, you know, as people who I think, you know, I don't want to speak for both of us, but we kind of fell in love early uh, in our WNBA viewership with uh, Liz, Liz Campage. So, like, h- how does this, reflect on her and like what 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 do you think like is she a part of your thought process right now or are you kind of like nah I don't care well when it comes to Liz I think this whole season has made her look bad yeah more than it's made anybody on the aces look good not to take mm-hmm. away from what they've done this year but I feel like um 
I feel like everybody on this team was already so great. And then they just got to showcase that more. And like Kelsey Plum has had a breakout year yep. as a result, especially her. Like I think, cause before I think she was like coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. I think she was like a six man last year. Mm-hmm. Now she's a starter. I feel like they were just playing more faster paced, less post-up stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, the, the aces have been really fun to watch this year. But in terms of Becky Hammond, I mean, it is obviously very impressive. She's a rookie coach, first WNBA rookie coach to win a championship, yep. also coach of the year. And, you know, one thing I have thought of, and I know like we are both um, NBA people as well, the egg on the faces of the people who interviewed Becky Hammond and didn't hire her is kind of wild to me. Like, it, it was like, to me, it was just so when she was interviewing for those other NBA jobs, uh portland especially comes to mind so blatantly obvious to me that those decisions were kind of rooted in like a sexist bias Mm -hmm. and then she was like you know what screw it i'm just gonna be a head coach back in the WNBA, and it's just killing it and i don't think like anybody should be like shocked or surprised um but she has an incredible story of being like undrafted and kind of being this like um underdog i guess for you know as that is throughout her life and um she had some pretty inspiring things to say at the end of this just that you know like her life isn't uh you know the failures have not been mistakes and um she's really you know all the adversity is kind of in her uh, paraphrasing obviously but has been for a reason and it's all brought her to today and she has some really cool like coaching philosophies that i really like like um, one thing that I read that came out was that like she was like pointing at specific players and saying selfish, selfish, like if they were being selfish, like she would just call them out in the moment, like point and stare right at them and just say selfish. Wow. <laughs> That's is, like, intense. Really intense, but also like clearly worked, you know, and, and I think like uh, I, I think her approaches have been great. Like there was that cute little visit with Popovich um after game two and he was like best wins are on the road and blah 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 and she was like very much keeping that mentality alive um there are a lot of things about uh becky that make her a great coach and uh i you know this is just a part of the path of i think her becoming like a legendary coach so many good points um and yeah i think um I totally agree with you. This is, this is her story. This is sort of where I think she's going to become like, uh, you know, uh, not Dierica Hamby's uh, son, a legend, but like a legend in her own right. <laughs> uh, and she already is a legend. I feel like, you know, when I was like loosely following the WNBA, Becky is always someone who I thought was like an all-time great. So yeah, reading this article, there was a couple surprises to me. Like I didn't realize she was undrafted and, you know, didn't make team USA uh, and kind of had like these ACL injuries at really pivotal points of her playing career and kind of blossomed as a, as a 30 year old. And from a play style perspective, it's good. You brought up plum because I think she really empowered plum, you know, to, to, you know, kind of do what she did this season. And of course, yeah, all the, all the chronicled stuff with pop. Uh, I also, you know, it tied some fun history together for me as far as like, she played for the San Antonio stars, 
which was the franchise that moved to Las Vegas and became the Aces. So really, she's still connected with the same franchise. And then also, I didn't realize that her college coach was was Kurt Miller, who she defeated uh, in, in the finals. So I'm like, wow, what like the the sort of symbolism and symmetry here with this win for her is massive. And I think also it's now kind of, it changes the narrative a little bit um, as far as like, you know, her making a million dollars and being the highest paid coach. It's sort of like, yeah, well, she's worth it. And she won and she outcoached everybody. Uh, And of course, yeah, she had a stacked team. But, you know, there was other really, really strong teams. Uh, and, you know, she she elevated everyone that she played with. And just, yeah, really a legendary year for Becky. Um, I completely agree. Also, um, I remember, you know, months back, the controversy about her being paid um, four times the amount of the highest paid player salary. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, one thing I really noticed during this championship celebration was when the team owner was there. Um, I'm blanking on his name right now, but he also owns the NFL uh, Raiders and stuff. Yeah, Davis. Yeah, he was there. Mark Davis. Mark Davis. And uh, the players seemed to love him. They were all hugging and embracing him mm-hmm. and all that. And it it, it seems like there's a very healthy dynamic here. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think that says a lot, you know, me too. Well, he's, you know, uh, we've talked about it a bunch of times as far as like the, the growth of the league sort of thing. When we talk about these different like heads of the organization, Mark Davis is one of the ones that are, that, uh, you know, are trying to bring big money into the league. You know, Mm -hmm. he is one of the ones that is trying to find ways to make the playing experience more special for the players and kind of elevate this league. And uh, it's not to say that the other teams that aren't doing that are like holding the league back. But I think, you know, again, yeah, we've talked about it a bunch, but I'm in favor of I think where the WNBA is. You don't want to court billionaires only and we can get to robert sarver or sarver or whatever in a, in a little bit but like i think you know mark davis trying to put major money into the league i think uh you know he is one of the league you know owners that are on the side of uh, of doing this and i think it's been super successful so as far as narrative i'm kind of interested to see how not just Becky's contract, but also his style is perceived uh, afterwards, right? Like, is this the beginning of a dynasty and is having Becky as your head coach, like how much of an advantage is it? Right. So um, uh, all in all, I think it's a, it's a, it's a overwhelmingly positive thing and I'm happy for the aces. Um, yeah, I completely agree. And, and you know what? Like, we haven't had like a repeating WA, WNBA champion in quite some time. And I actually think the Aces are quite poised to be that next repeat champion. You know, like their core is really strong, but also they're young, mm-hmm. and and they have a stellar coach, and everything just seems so in place for them right now. 
that if they can keep that big three together, I think they're going to be at the very least in the conversation for quite some time. Yeah. And as far as like, you know, I think Connecticut will be good next year as well. Um, you know, and we'll have lots of time to talk about this in the off season. We'll see what happens with Stewie, but I think it's fair to say that both Seattle and the Chicago sky are kind of poised for like a drop off of sorts. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that, that, you know, those were the four best teams. Right. So yeah. And the mercury as well. And the Mercury, right? Um, you know, hopefully next season we're we're talking about uh Griner in a Mercury uniform. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, all in all, Go Aces was a really, really fun year. They they kind of led the entire way and uh, had a lot of success and very much a deserving WNBA champion. Absolutely. Um Speaking of which, we do actually have a bit of a Brittany Griner update this week. Mm-hmm. That is uh, President Bi- Biden uh, met up with uh, Griner's wife, Sherelle, and her family. And, um, you know, that's kind of cute and all, but it um, it doesn't necessarily mean there's forward progress, unfortunately. Like, mm-hmm. more or less... What I've gathered from what I've read is that the point of that meeting was essentially to ask the family to continue having patience. And um, yeah, I think there's once again a bit of a debate in terms of how vocal we should be, right? Because it's like, on one hand, it's like you don't want to, you don't want us being vocal to harm the negotiations but you also don't want the negotiations to be forgotten about in any way and um you know that's kind of a fine line right now and so i think the family's being like extremely like understanding and patient um and hopeful still in this moment um but to what degree anything has changed as of the as of this recording it's uh, hard to tell right now yeah, well said. You know, I, I don't really think I have anything to add because I feel like me and you have, you know, been pretty diligent as far as like, you know, there is this, there's a somewhat linear path here, but it's been quite confusing at times. The main thing I'll say is that there isn't a more powerful person in the world than the president of the United States. So the fact that it has gotten to him at a personal level where he has visited the family of Griner uh, and Whelan, the other, you know, uh, potential like, you know, prisoner swap uh, guy that's in Russia. I feel like that it's, it's, it's reached the very, very highest level. Like I remember, you know, we've talked about before when, you know, Anthony Blinken, who was like the secretary of state is talking about it. And that was a big deal as well. And now we it's officially reached Joe Biden. So at this point, where does it go from here? I'm not sure, but it has reached the very top. Yeah. Um, so, you know, once again, free Brittany Griner, hopefully something happens soon. We stay, yeah. We stay um, hopeful. We try and stay positive. Totally. And uh, the the other thing I just want to add before we, we move on from that, it's not um, so much about Griner, but I think in the wake of what's happened, um, Stuart 
Jonquil Jones, Vandersloot, um, and, you know, potentially more stars, all not playing in Russia. So these are some some major consequences of this event, and we'll see where where that goes. But um, they're they're choosing to play elsewhere, and I think, you know, as as a fan of the WNBA, that definitely makes me happy because this is a horrifying scenario. Both me and you were never, you know, expecting. I don't know, like our our foray into this league to get so painfully serious so quick so from like just an anxiety standpoint i'm i'm happy that no one is putting themselves at risk oh i mean i can't even imagine anyone agreeing to play in russia right now considering all that's happening yeah me either and and, and i'm glad that especially you know, if other options not. exist exactly exactly which is uh sort of what uh you know uh brianna stewart was saying um also, another reason why Brittany Griner has kind of come up a bit is because uh, the FIBA women's basketball is happening right now. I didn't realize it was happening so soon after mm-hmm. the NBA finals. It actually started today, um, yes. which is pretty wild. And she is somebody who would be on Team USA otherwise as one of the best players in America in the world. So um, she's definitely missed. And uh, people are still uh, mentioning her there as they should. And of course, like that's their friending colleague. Um, so that's happening. Um, some pretty cool stuff, though, uh, especially as a Canadian uh, here and a basketball fan. Uh, mm-hmm. Kia Nurse is back. Um, Kia Nurse, who tore ACL last year uh, in the playoffs with the Mercury, has finally uh, fully recovered and is playing with Team Canada in this FIBA World Cup, which is really exciting. Very it's exciting. In Australia right now, um, there we have like a little bit of a power rankings with the twelve teams that are uh, competing. Not that we would have any authority on what basketball is like in these other countries, but uh, it's ranked one through twelve. Obviously, the U.S. is at number one. Uh, Australia is at number two. Should I read off all of these? Yeah, do it. Cause I, you know, I, I'm just looking, um, I'll, I'll just say that I feel like we'll, you know, probably be talking about this more, uh, as, as we go forward here with the, you know, in the off season, as this is like the most substantial women's basketball happening, but, um, yeah, there's actually like, I didn't realize there's, there's, I don't know how many more, but like, uh, I think there's. Oh no! Sorry, I'm wrong. I was gonna say these are the, there's more than the twelve teams competing, but no, the the they these are the twelve teams, and these are their power rankings. For some reason, I thought it was the top twelve. Okay, uh, no worries. So it's uh, USA, Australia, China, Japan, Belgium, Canada's ranked sixth. Uh, then it's Bosnia, France, Serbia, uh, Puerto Rico, South Korea, and Mali. So those are the the top 12 there. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's just, it's very cool. It's very exciting. Um, you know, I don't know to what degree we'll be able to watch any of these games, but hopefully we'll be able to catch some highlights and see uh, what's happening here. And uh, I'm excited for our Team Canada, who will hopefully have a, a decent showing. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I'll try and stream some games or whatever, but uh if you're if you're a Nighthawk, it's in Australia. So there are some pretty wild times for these games. Yeah. 
um, or are just an early morning person like at that at that point yeah like, if, if you really I can't sleep pulling the all-nighter yeah if you really can't sleep tonight uh we're recording on the on the 21st uh, and you're in the eastern time zone south korea is playing china at 3 30 a.m Yeah, that's like I work on a morning show hours. Yes, 100%. Um, yeah, well, that's cool. I mean, looking forward to seeing how that plays out. And uh, yeah, that'll be fun to, to talk about next episode. Um, one other note about the finals that I thought was interesting that we could bring up here is uh, The Athletic did a big article about... Um, the, mm-hmm. the ratings and how essentially there was a ratings dip with the WNBA finals and that uh, that NFL was happening at the same time and that that took a bit of a, a chunk out of the ratings. I I mean, I sent it to you, Freddie, as well. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that before I jump into it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you are, you know, are, are a bit more well-versed with this topic, but uh, I will just say that I feel like with a lot of the major leagues, um, you know, they do their best to kind of avoid, uh, you know, clashing with each other. And I think particularly the NFL is still the most popular league in North America by far, as far as TV ratings. So you kind of want to stay out of their way, but this sort of needed to happen because of the dates of FIBA. So in the, in the end, I, I think it's not, so much of a negative it's just sort of unfortunate that they've had to go head to head with the nfl yeah the other thing i want to bring up that i find really confusing about this entire um subject and thesis statement if you will by Mm -hmm. the athletic is i don't even know if nfl fans and wa fans are the same you know what I mean? Like, it's one thing right. to be like the ratings dipped, but to attribute that to the NFL, I don't think is accurate because I don't think WNBA fans are like other sports fans. That's a really, really good point. And I think, you know, I, I mean, I, I don't know what the metrics on like crossover fans are, but that's something I always wonder when it comes to, you know, MLB fans versus NBA fans, uh, the NHL and the NBA largely run at the same time. So that's one thing I always wonder, is it, is it about who gets the, you know, ESPN one? Is that the deal? Like who gets the major time slot coverage sort of thing? But yeah, if you're intent on watching the WNBA finals, are you swayed if there's an NFL game? Like, like I, I get what you're saying. Like, are there people who are like, oh, which one do I watch? I feel like there's sort of different dedicated fan bases. Yeah, like I feel like people who are dedicated to the WNBA are, the, yeah, they're just not going to, you know, it, it's September. So it's like with the NFL, it's like, yeah, every game kind of is significant, but there's so much time still. Like, I mean, just to give people... um an idea with the numbers here. They posted viewership numbers between 2017 and 2022. So in 2017, it was 500, uh, 500,559. Sorry, I didn't say that right. Um, 
And, uh, but that's the highest number out of these last six years, Mm -hmm. um, 2018, 2019 and 2020 had a real significant dip of almost a hundred thousand viewers, but then it came back up in 2021 at 546,000. And then that was last year against the sky. And then this year against the aces, it was five. Hundred and thirty-four hundred thousand. Okay, so, so it's still half a million. A ten. That's like yeah. That's like only ten thousand less. So to be like it was a significant dip from last year. It's actually not a significant dip. Actually, it's not um, ten thousand. It's like um, it's maybe twelve thousand. But anyways, right. But it's like um, the size of a tailgate party. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> it's not a significant dip. Yeah. It's not like a hundred thousand less viewers or something like it was um with the bubble in the year prior to the bubble i don't know why maybe it was the washington mystics one in 2019 that was only three hundred and eighty-one hundred thousand live viewers um also like i don't know if this viewership counts uh league pass right or not so that's also a factor i'm probably doesn't count international it usually doesn't like i think this might just be like espn yeah, um, and not League Pass or other international viewers, which means it wouldn't even count uh, you or I. Yes. Um, so you know that's important for context there as well. So I just feel like uh, I'm not a fan of this. Although this is like a well-researched article, I do feel like there's a very weird bias from the person who wrote this, uh, both in that assuming sports fans are all the same because I don't think that from a demographics is accurate. And I think to say that, you know, quote, viewership was down is uh, misleading. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I feel like often the reporting when it comes to the growth of the WNBA has this sort of like, there's almost like this like, ne- I don't want to say negative. Yeah, this, this guy's name is Bill Shea. Okay, cool name, Bill just Shea. Calling it out, I'm just gonna tell people sure. Bill Shea of the Athletic wrote this. But yeah, like I feel like there's this, there's almost like a pessimistic tone sometimes, yeah. where people are like, "Oh, the league is losing money." Oh, it's almost like and it's uh, always from men. I feel like men don't want this league to grow. Straight up, that's how I feel. Not pretty, but you know what I mean. Thank you, but I, I, I agree. <laughs> I do feel like, you know, back to Becky for a sec. I think. She didn't go right for the like, yeah, um, you know, misogyny is the only reason uh, I am not a, an NBA coach. But she did say if my name was Brian and I played 12 years in the NBA, I would have been hired and fired a couple times by now. Yes. And it's, true. it's totally true. And I think that, you know, you hear, you know. It's all I almost don't want to fill the airspace uh, of our pod with this because I I feel like folks that are listening are, are tired of it. But, yeah, you, you do hear these sort of like whatever un, uneducated kind of basketball fans or just, you know, misogynistic tone of like they, you know, women can't dunk, which isn't true. And like, you know, there's this sort of there's this want, as you were saying to kind of like not let the league blossom. And to me, as someone who's covering it, it's very clearly growing. Uh, the playoffs were big this year. You know, it's it's something that is just inarguably 
in a period of growth. So if you want to like pour some, you know, cold water on that, I, I don't quite get your prerogative. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Well said. Uh, okay. Uh, very quick. Our badass player of the week is Asia Wilson. <laughs> yeah. that we that's know, a... We don't have different badass players of the week. It's just, yeah. It's Asia Wilson. It's Asia Wilson. It's it's all of the aces, you know. But yeah, no, it's it's Asia Wilson big time. Um uh so there's that. And then that's gonna be our last badass player of the week until next season. So I know, that's wild. Uh to that segment. Congratulations to you, Catherine, on you know, we've we've done two seasons so far together. So uh yes, we've done two full WNBA seasons. And you know, we didn't really and talk now about here's this to our second off season. Yeah, here's to our second offseason. And we didn't really talk about this, but uh, I just want to say, if you're listening to this podcast, thank you. And, you know, if you have anything you want us to uh, cover or talk about or interested in, definitely let us know. Uh, we can go full uh, Nancy uh, Lieberman on you. You know, <laughs> we're, we're, we're down to, to learn and explore. And I think, you know, this is a good time. Uh, and the other thing, I feel like we talked about it before the pod a little bit. But did, did we want to just briefly touch on the fact that um, Robert Sarver is mm. selling the team? Uh, selling yeah, that the came out just before we started recording that uh, Robert Sarver is uh, pursuing selling both the Phoenix Sun and Phoenix Mercury, um, which is great. My, uh, I mean, I could go on about that whole scenario, but I don't know if we want to do that here because it gets a bit more NBA specific and annoying yeah and i think you you said it really well last week it's it's a really you know frustrating awful situation i feel like we're both in the same place i'm uh, you know i i assume slash hope most of our listeners are also in the same place which is basically um good riddance mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah. but yeah it's news so i want to just you know toss it no, out there. of course i'm glad uh you remember to to mention it um okay cool uh, now it's time for Freddie's fun question. Here we go. Uh, I probably should have prefaced this as um, not Vegas, but if your answer is Vegas, that that's totally fine. Uh, okay, there. It's about the parade. the The Vegas uh, Aces parade was so fantastic and amazing and fun, uh, and clearly everyone there had a personal invite from Asia, which is awesome. But um, yeah, I think you, it's a place you wanted to be like you, you wanted to party there and it looked amazing. So it just made me think like if you could choose a WNBA champion for the sake of partying in a specific place, uh, who would the champions be and why are you choosing this place? <laughs> I should have had this prepared in advance, but I just thought now, like, imagine I was like Indiana and I actually tried to sell you on the fact. I that almost Indiana went there. I almost the place went there. I wanted. We, <laughs> we dunk on the Indiana fever so much. It's not nice. It's not right. <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean, I think like Vegas is a party city. Of course, I. Yeah. I had a pretty negative experience the one time I went to Vegas, mm -hmm. just because it was like a logistical nightmare. Like the like our flight 
got delayed and I have to spend like one night in like Minnesota because they they didn't get us there in time and then they lost my luggage once I so I guess there. your choice isn't Minnesota <laughs> not Minnesota but uh, it's not it's definitely not Minnesota so my choice is Vegas but what I would do differently that the aces did not do was there's one particular icon that really should have been there and that is Celine Dion I, if oh, I'm yeah. gonna party that, <laughs> you need Celine, and and it's paid for, and it's like I think I saw Caesar's Palace in the background. Get me Celine. Very very fair, um, Celine Dion. Uh, if you're listening, and I know you're a huge WMEA fan and a big supporter of the pod, um, <laughs> please, when the Aces win again, uh, make sure you're a part of the parade. And you know we'll get you yeah. a tit- we'll get you a Titanic here's, here's float, whatever. As and I don't know if this is just because I'm Canadian or maybe it's like a North American thing. I don't listen to Celine Dion on a regular basis, like on my phone or something. Mm-hmm. But when I'm drunk and she comes on, it's over. It is over. I am reciting every single word at the top of my lungs. Because that is just what you do. Yeah, she. Uh, I would want that moment at my Vegas parade. She goes hard. Uh, we're showing our, our our Canadian-ness here as well. Her and her and Shania, by far the highest-grossing Canadian musicians of all time. Uh, it's not even close. Uh, Celine is way up there. She is. Uh, yeah, she's Canada's biggest export. So uh, I I approve of this message. Mm-hmm. Um, love that. What's your answer? Uh, well, I too was thinking about Celine? making a. I was thinking about Celine, um, and what she's gonna wear to the uh, Met Gala next year. Um, no. Uh, <laughs> what? Wait. What's what's the big art gala? Isn't isn't yeah, it the, it's Met? the Met Gala? But that's isn't... in New York. I know. I just always assume that uh, you could she party in New York. Well, that's actually my answer. You but... party in New York with Celine Dion? No, I, I would. Lo- OK, listen, I would party with wow. Celine Dion anywhere. OK, if she's like, meet me in Anchorage, I'll Alaska even do it in Minnesota. <laughs> oh, man. If she's like, literally meet me in. Oh, I'm going to like send you a pin of a cornfield I'm in in the prairies. <laughs> I'm like, I'm on the way. And I know you would, too. Okay. Without um, a doubt. Without a doubt. You you, you got to make the Celine pilgrimage. If 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 the offer is there, you go. I, that's what I'll say about that. Um, but uh, no, I uh, you know, was looking like where what cities every team plays in, and uh, the Liberty play in Brooklyn at Barclays. So I would absolutely love to party in Brooklyn with the Liberty. Uh, I think that would be. A pretty fantastic place and yeah but are, is celine dion your answer to this like you know what what are you bringing to the party like i'm bringing celine dion what are you bringing to the party um yeah uh okay well i can't steal your answer so let's just say what am i bringing to the brooklyn liberty party um you can I, your clown posters. Yeah, I have a bunch of clown posters. That's my answer. 
I have a bunch of clown. Now I'm just roasting myself. I'm a, I have a bunch of clown posters and I'll bring those. Uh, and uh, I assume I will get arrested on site uh, because I will be a gentleman uh, with clown posters at a, <laughs> at a WNBA parade. So oh, I yeah, be- in New York, which is very, you know, the Joker. Yeah, exactly. People will be like, is this Todd Phillips, the Joker? Let's arrest this man on site. And they'd be right to do so. No, but what um, would you bring to the party? Um, what what would I bring? I don't I don't know. I feel like if it's a person, I guess I let, let me bring another icon. Let me bring uh let me bring Bieber. Okay, that's fine. yeah. I'm gonna see if I can get a hold of Bieber, and um, you know, we'll take his private jet to to Brooklyn, and I think people would be happy to see him. Yeah. Uh, you know, he'll uh, maybe he'll sing a bit, dance a bit. I bet there's a pretty solid WNBA Bieber crossover. There's got to be. There's yeah, got to be. I actually He's, think there is. I'm sure. Yeah, I, I, I was gonna say Shania, but I was like, you know, I I don't know. Uh, I, I think I, I think she doesn't trump Celine. She doesn't. Yeah, like, and then you know, as great Dra- as she is, Drake's sort of synonymous with the Raptors. So I'm I'm going Bieber on this. That, that's yeah. who I'm bringing. That's my that's my party trick. Is someone yeah, way I more famous it. than me? I love it. Um, cool. Well, that has been uh, our episode this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, from here on out, we're going to go back to being a bi-weekly podcast. So mm-hmm. we're going to do episodes every other week for the off season so look out for us uh if you're new to our show and you tuned in during these playoffs we want to say thank you so much for finding us uh hopefully you have subscribed to this channel and uh i guess if you have the opportunity uh i guess it's on apple you can rate us if you'd like we always really appreciate that and you can follow us on social media at the pickup wnba pod uh, shout out to Dan Gallia, who's been uh, putting out some great content for us. And we'll continue to do that throughout the off season. So uh, stay tuned for that. And uh, we'll we'll catch you next time. Yeah, catch you next time. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll see you in two weeks. Take care. All right. Bye. Bye.